Before I do anything tonight, please stand up. Yes, stand up. What did the Bible say about your body? Is the temple of the living God. Your body is where God lives. And sickness has no right to be in your body. Amen. So we need to declare that sickness is not a part of my body. We have to keep declaring this. That's part of what I'm going to be sharing tonight. The importance of the words that we speak with our mouth. How important it is. And how over time things can begin to change in our lives. If we do not move away from our confession. Stay with that confession. We're not going to be talking a lot about confession. I'm not going to use the word confession tonight. Because sometimes people have very negative feelings about, and I don't want to just confess. No, we're not telling you to confess sin. Okay? <laughs> this is true confession. So say with me, my body is the temple of the living God. And I do not allow sickness to dwell in my body. I reject every sickness that is trying to abide in my body. I am free from sickness and disease in Jesus' name. Amen. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what's happening to you. It's the word of God that you're speaking. Because the Bible is clear. It tells us in uh, Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, when the evening was gone, they brought all those who were demon-possessed, and he healed the devil and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. He himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And I'm going to say, yes, Satan will try to come into my body with sickness, but I will declare boldly, that's not my inheritance. And I'm not receiving it. No matter how long it's been there, that's not my inheritance. That is going to change. I'm going to stand with God's word. Amen? Now, let's go with this. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as I learn. The Lord God has opened my ear, and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. So important. Tonight I am coming with a message titled, Faith-Filled Words. Faith-Filled Words. Let me say this as I start. The world is governed... The world operates under God's word system. The world is operating under a word system. The reason for that is because the universe was created through words. That's the foundation of everything. Words. Words spoken by God. So the world is operating on a word system basis. Words will always succeed. The words that you speak will always succeed. And you either enjoy or suffer based on the kind of words that are coming out of your mouth. Your words will always succeed. Jesus said to us, you will give account of the words, every idle word that you speak on the day of judgment. That means your words are eternal. Your words never go away. Your words always live. Because you were created in the image of God. Notice, I don't think we think about it. But when politicians campaign, are they trying to force people... To vote for them? Do they force you to vote for them? When they go out campaigning, all they have is words. That's all they have. For the presidency of the United States, all they do is speak. Just a few days, you know how the uproar was in the whole country. 
what President Trump said in Russia. All they wanted to hear was words. Everybody all around the world, all they wanted was words. Listen, the world is governed through a word, a word system. It's words. Everybody was in uproar. A president is elected because of the words he spoke to convince the people to agree with him and maybe repeat the same words and convince more people. And through that, he is elected. And because of his words, he now attempts to fulfill the words that he's spoken. And by it, the whole nation changes direction. And there's nothing anybody, if you disagree with him, there's nothing you can do. That's what he wants. That's what he spoke on. Everything changes. He's a world, world system. The words that you speak, they are very powerful. Please understand this. The gospel that changes the heart of man. How do you carry the gospel? The words that Jesus spoke 2,000 years ago, it's still changing lives. The words that Paul spoke 2,000 years ago, still transforming human life. It's a word system. The words you speak. And so people make a lot of money preaching, sharing with people. Say, don't say negative words. Say positive words. And they've discovered, even the world, they've discovered. And people troop or they go around pay good money to listen to a motivational speaker just telling them what to say. And they're drawing from the book, words. Why? Because it's a word system. What you speak matters. And when you speak God's word, you are on God's side. There is no failure in that. It's a word system. You see, from the very beginning, God wanted to show us that it is a word system. From the very beginning. I like that because right there from chapter, chapter 1 in Genesis, the very beginning, God kind of eliminates our minds. Help us to understand that the world is governed through words. You change things through words that you speak. You can, especially if it's God's words. And so God has given us his words. Can I hear an amen? God has given us his words that's able to change all things. Yes, God's words. So God tells us from the very beginning, in Genesis 1, verse 1, 2, 3, in the beginning, God. He says, in the beginning, God. So the beginning is God. And if you read in John chapter 1, he says, in the beginning was the word. You see how important it is? From the beginning, God's letting you know He's the Word. He's a Word system. He's what you say. Because what you say is what you believe. And what you believe is what you say. It's a vicious cycle. Okay? It's the Word. In the beginning, God. In the beginning was the Word. And it says, God created all the world, created all things, right? The heavens and the earth were created by the world. And God wants you to know that. As his children. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And it says, the earth was without form and void. Every time you have something in your life, that is without form. Does it make sense? It's void. It's emptiness. You need the word. You need the word. Let's not get too religious. We need the word. I believe really that when a person is saved, remember James tells us, everyone who is able to bridle his tongue, the same is a perfect man. Again, it's about the word. You want to be perfect before God? Tame what comes out of your mouth. It's not saying not to speak because God speaks, right? But what you say, that's the issue. 
tame what comes out of your mouth. And if you can tame that, he says, the same is a perfect man and is able to bridle, take control of all his body. Can you see that? If you can bridle your tongue, you're a perfect person and are able to control all your body. That means you can't have sickness when you got control over your body. And it's all in your words. It's the word. The word of God. When we come, it's the word. There are more testimonies that's going on in the church now than was spoken by Bill tonight. And I thank you, brother. This is good. Okay? But there's so much going on here today in our church. Because of words. Because of words. Let me tell you this. How do you communicate with God? Words. It's a word system. It's a word system. We need to understand that. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness. Notice. The next word was darkness. Darkness was on the face of the deep. So when there is confusion in the life, the reason for that, when there is no form and there is confusion, the reason is darkness. That's the reason. That's the foundation of the void. It's darkness. That's the foundation of the suffering. It's because of darkness. And what did God do? He says, let there be light. Let there be light to the darkness. So that's the beginning of order. Once there is light, but it has to be spoken by God. God spoke it. Let there be light. You see, God has Perfect faith. God knew. Listen, he says, 10 times. Do you see, like God trying to tell you something? If somebody's repeating something over and over again, and you say, Yes, okay. And then after a while, you turn to him, Have you tried to tell me something? You see, God kept saying, And God said, right? And God said, And God said, And then God examines it and God looks at it and he says, it's good. So God expects what he said to really happen. He comes back to inspect to see what was done. And then he says, oh, that's good. I'll say another word. Amen. I'll say another word and I'm coming back to inspect it. That's the way God created the world. He had perfect faith. You see... The word of God is the life force that changes things. And that life force is faith. Faith, the word of God is the carrier of faith. And faith is the life force that changes things. With the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, he says, For by grace are you saved. How? Through faith. By faith. His faith that saved you. But it was through grace. By grace are you saved through faith. Faith is the power there behind it. So the the Bible also tells us in Romans 10, verse 17, that that. The uh, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How does faith come? The word of God is the carrier of faith. And faith is what does the work. So God has perfect faith. And when God speaks, it's done. You see, Adam was created before he sinned with perfect faith. 
there was no doubt in Adam's spirit when he was created. Because there was no sound, source of doubt, no word that was opposing. Adam had perfect faith. Adam spoke, named all the animals. He called them by name. He looked at one and noticed everyone, everything that he called. God never said one time, I think, Adam, you made a mistake here. That's not the nature of the animal. Could you think about another one? No. He knew exactly what to call them. He was in his perfect state. The problem came when he listens to words of doubt. coming from the enemy. The only source he knew before Satan showed up was perfect faith. No words of doubt. No reason to doubt. But then when Satan came the question was did God say? Which is still going on today. An opening for doubt in his spirit. Did God say. If you ever buy into that. Now you have opened the door. For another voice. There was only one voice in the universe. For man. Before the devil came in. And when they fell. They opened the door. For the voice of doubt. Remember what the Bible says in, in John chapter 8 verse 44. The devil is a liar. And the father of lies. And so his thing is so so doubt. He says in Genesis 3 verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God has made. And he said... So the woman had God indeed said. He wanted to know. Did, as God indeed said. You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. That was the beginning. And he said. You will not surely die. And she bought into it. And Adam's perfect faith. Now has reasons to doubt. So now, from that time on, you and I have to deal with two different kinds of voices. The voice of God and the promise of God for your life. And what you see in the natural and what Satan tells you, and know, it's all lies. You feel it because you no longer have the nature of God. You are now being controlled by your feelings. And what you see and all of that. So the Bible says with faith, we walk by faith and not by sight, not by feelings. But now we have to deal with the world system, what God, Satan is saying, and then what God saying. And the one you choose to repeat more is what takes over your life. That's the issue. It's real basic, okay? It's really, really basic. So we have to, after we become a Christian, now we have to train ourselves and learn how to talk. <laughs> Did you notice that Jesus said, I never say my own words? The words that you hear from me, every single one of them, he had perfect faith. Just like Adam. And because he was just like Adam before the fall, everything that came out of his mouth was what the Father said. The Word of God. That's the source. Full of faith. You don't even notice there is faith in it. Every word coming from him. And we have to learn from him. The Word of faith. The Word of faith. Faith word. When you imbibe the word of God, 
let me show you something. Adam fell from his perfect faith, right? And Jesus had to be tempted. Just like Adam. You remember? He had to be tried. He says in Luke 4 verse 3 to 4, he says, And the devil said to him, If you are the son of God, again, doubt. (coughs) Notice, the devil knew, and I'm sure he was around, in Luke chapter 3, when Jesus was baptized, okay? (laughs) Jesus was baptized, and the Holy Spirit came in the form of a dove, and rested upon him, and God spoke. Everybody heard it, and Jesus heard it. Did he need to prove that he was the Son of God? He already heard what God said. And Satan now is tempting him, trying to inject doubt. So let me try this to really know whether I'm a child of God. That was the temptation. I know you don't think it's temptation, but believe me, it was serious. I mean, if it wasn't real temptation, it won't be recorded. It was really serious matter. The injection of doubt. Have you ever thought what would have happened to us if Jesus had listened to the devil on that day? If he had done what the devil said. If he had listened to that voice of doubt. Because if he did anything, it was because he had doubted his father. That was the issue here. If he turned and command stones, he's trying to prove something. Whether this was right or wrong. But notice, the perfect faith, Jesus never said anything. He just quoted scripture. He never argued with Satan, I know who you are, you are a liar, you always lie, you are lying again. None of that said. All Jesus did was give the word of God. From perfect faith. And Satan never gets a return. He goes to something else. Every time you speak God's word, and it's coming out of faith in your heart, you stop the devil in his track. It's when we doubt, and we are not sure, that he keeps coming back. And we keep struggling, trying to establish faith. But once we have that perfect faith, we have to only once to say it one time. Just quote the scriptures. And Jesus said, it is written. You know it's written. It's written. It's God's word. Man shall not live by bread alone. And the enemy heard that. The next temptation. And, and, and if you think that it was an easy thing for Jesus... Remember, after the temptation was over, an angel had to come to comfort him. It was a very tough time. Very tough time. But I'm glad that Jesus didn't listen. Otherwise, we we'll all be doomed. He never listened. He never repeated one time what the de- Jesus never in his life repeated one time the word from the devil. Everything he said was what is in scripture. If he said it, it was good enough for scripture. Amen. Because it was from the Father. And we, as children of the living God, that's where God wants us to go. Living by the word of God. It's so important. Faith-filled word. There's a substance to it. Faith-filled word. It's a living substance. A life-giving force. A light-giving force. A force that brings salvation, deliverance, and freedom. The word of God when it's filled with faith. And we have to speak the word of God. 
You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith, the word of God is a carrier of God's kind of faith. And it's deposited in our heart when we keep repeating it. It unloads it. It's like the seed. The faith of God is seed. The word of God carries that seed of faith that is a life-giving force. And the more we accept the word of God, the more we speak the word of God over and over, even as you moderate, he begins to deposit that faith in you. No wonder. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book of the law shall not depart from what? Your mouth. The book of the law, the word of God. He says if you do it and you meditate in it, the word meditate means to mutter it to yourself. That's what I believe uh, um, David was doing. I know we read the psalm, but I'm thinking David was sitting around muttering those words and, and, and this guys were writing everything he was saying he says the lord is my shepherd i shall not want and he says all of these things they're running up in his mind and that strengthens his faith in god this book of the lord shall not depart from your mouth but you meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do the only way you can observe to do is by faith that's the Life force. And everything that is not of faith is sin. But when you have the word of God and you mutter it day and night and you speak it, this is not departing from your mouth. In other words, you're not saying what the enemy is saying, only what God's saying. Before long, that faith is in you, is growing in you. He says, then you will be able to make your way prosperous. Because you got the faith inside of you and faith cannot disappoint you. You will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. That's what it says. Joshua 1 verse 8. The world is operating under a world system. You either speak God's word. There are only two kinds. There are only two systems in the world. Spiritually. And the spiritual governs the natural. The spiritual governs the natural. And so, there are two forces here. He said that you're speaking God's word most of the time, or you're speaking Satan's word most of the time. I'm sure, it's, I, I know when you go into Genesis, it seems like one day Satan just showed up and talked to Eve, and it was all over. I don't believe so. I believe it was a time of wooing. Wooing her to, to see what was going on. And she kept it. She never told her husband they would fight. I'm kidding. <laughs> She kept it. She was meditating on it and believe. And she started looking at that tree. And the fruit. You shall not surely die. And then she received that seed of doubt. And she reached out her hand. You know how she gave it to Adam? She became a gospel preacher too. Not, because, not good news speaker. But I'm sure she convinced Adam to take it. Right? Guess who she was preaching for? The devil. The serpent told me. You see, I can see now. I'm naked. You see? And you don't even know that. You can't see. I don't know what she said. Okay. Should we say things like this in the pulpit? I'm kidding. <laughs> but she became a preacher for the enemy. And believe me, we have a lot of preachers out there for the enemy. And today there are a lot of words that I put out to convince people and see what's happening to the world. There's so much rancor in the world today because of words. Today you got this news channel, you have another news channel, and guess what? It's a battle of words. They're trying to speak to people, convince them. It's a word system. But since you know that, stay with what God says. Faith-filled words can change things. Change lives. I know we see these things in the natural. And because we are natural humans, that's what we want to talk about. That's what, you know, makes our 
flesh feel okay and wreck the rest of them. But those that walked with God, they were not like the rest of them. They spoke contrary words. Their words didn't make sense in the natural. And that's what God's enlisting us to do. Notice, after God created Adam, and he, uh, and he, I mean, after God created the world, he tells us later in verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1 that God created, he says, let us make man in our own image. And he created Adam in his image and likeness. So if God, let me say this, God never does anything without his word. That's the truth. God doesn't do much without his word. Even when Jesus came, that was the word in human flesh. Okay? He does nothing without his word. If God wants to do something, he sends his word. And you know what the scripture says? He sent his word and healed them. He's his word. That's all he does. The whole creation. Listen, brothers and sisters, the system we live in under is the word system. And if God has given you understanding, take advantage of it. Take advantage of it. You can change situations by saying it. You may start saying those words and, and something says, you know you're lying. But you can't be speaking God's word in lying. Who judges whether it's truth or a lie? It's God that judges. So you can speak God's word against how you feel and how your body is taking it, telling you, you know that's not true. You know you're filthy. No, but you say, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. He said, you know you're not filled, you're a filthy and you did that. I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Guess what? The devil says, I know we can't operate here anymore. We got to leave. He's, he's too hot here. We got to go somewhere else. Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And if you speak to this mountain, be thou removed, by and by it will. Faith-filled words. Listen to this. He says, for the word of God is living. The word of God is living and powerful. The word of God is a living being. And not just a living being, he's also powerful. <laughs> if you get your hands around it, you will be powerful as well. That's what he's saying. The word of God is a living substance. It's a life-giving force. It has seed in it. And if you imbibe it and you take it into your life and you keep speaking it, he releases the seed of faith in you and things begin to change. You are saved by faith. Your life was transformed through, transformed through faith. Sickness healed through faith. Jesus said to the woman, your faith had made you whole. It wasn't Jesus. It was our faith. But she believed in the word of God, right? And the faith was released. And the faith made her whole. That's the life given forth. But it's all in the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And if you want to release the faith that's inside the word, speak it. Because that's what God says, if you want it to work, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Every time the book of the law departs from your mouth and you say something else, guess whose who's native language you're speaking? I read that this, this is the devil is a liar, and when he speaks of himself, when he speaks, he speaks of his, from his own resources. And another scripture says, when he speaks, he's speaking his native language. He's a liar. So lying is his native language, okay? His English is lie, okay? So everything he tells you is a lie. You know, I tell the guys when we, wash, we, we pray in the morning, I tell them sometimes, if you are looking for direction and you walk up to the devil and you say, uh, Satan, I'm trying to get to that this place. Uh, uh, where do you think I should go? If he tells you, go this way. Tell him thank you and go the other way and you will not be wrong. Thank you, sir. 
and, and go right to the other direction. You're right, because he can't tell the truth. Even if he makes you feel like this is right, go the other way. It's a lie. The word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the, div- the division of soul and spirit. There's a soul and spirit. Sometimes, you know, the soul, that is the seat of emotions. And, that's, and, and our emotions tend to drive us to, do, to say things that are not right because of the way we feel. But our spirit is right. And the word of God deals with our spirit. So God is a discerner. You will go further. He's a discerner. He goes in there. He helps you to discern. This is flesh. And this is your emotions. This is your soul. This is coming from the soulless realm. But you need the spirit realm. The one that deals with God. And that deals with the faith of God. That's what he's saying. The word of God is able to discern. So when you speak the word of God over and over again, before long, you are able to discern. I don't know why I've been listening to my body all this time. I don't know why I've been listening to these guys speaking all this time. Now I know they're lying. It's the devil behind them. And then you turn the other way. Just like I said, Satan, where should I go? He says, go that way. That's the right way. Turn around, go the other way. And then you immediately, he's a discerner. He's a division. He's so sharp. He divides between the soul and the spirit, the joints and marrow. It, it makes everything clear. That's what he's saying. So you can see clearly what's right and what's wrong. You are able to. And even sitting under the word of God, cleanse your mind. Because Jesus said, you are clean because of the words I've spoken to you. He cleans you, makes you see better. And even after hearing the word, you can go to sleep and God, the word is eternal. Amen? You go to sleep and the word is still working. Transforming your life. Transforming your life. He says, joint and marrow. And it's a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So he lets you know. Not for condemnation, so you know exactly what to do. And notice what he says. He's a living substance and there is no creature. That's including you, right? There is no creature hidden from his sight. So the word of God can see. He's a a living being. Powerful being. That can see. That can change situations. That can change things in my life. No matter how bad it is, God can change it. Even if it's void, God can fill it up. God can fill up the void. Even if there was darkness, God will speak light to it and give light to it. God is able to do that. No creature is hidden from his sight. He knows what the devil is planning. He knows what they've said about you. He knows everything. And the word deserves it and gives you exactly what to say and what to do. He gives you that. There's no creature hidden from his sight. But all things are naked and open to the eyes of him. Notice him. The word of God is him. Because the word of God is God himself. We started with the word, now we go to him. He's a living being. The word of God. The word of God. Whenever we start listening to outside voices, the voice of, suppose, reason. Yes, we, we, let's be reasonable, we said. And we're right, but it's in the natural and if you contradict God's word, guess what has happened to you? You have turned away from the source of life to the source of death. And when you buy into what they're saying and you begin to stick that, guess what? You brought into death. That's what happened to Adam and Eve. And look at the death they died. And it's still affecting life till today. One time that they turned away from light and the word of God. And look at the consequences. Look at the consequences. You know, if not for the grace of God, 
how many times we have turned away from what we know from the word. Because pressure from Satan has made us to change our confession. Hold fast. He said, I'm not going to go back to confession tonight, okay? We'll come back to that later. Hold fast. Don't change. But Satan wants us to change. So he pressures us with circumstances in the natural. And the world's around us. He positions individuals in your situation to tell you things. Contrary to the word of God. And before long, slowly but surely, we're beginning to reason. Just like Eve. And when it's over, we are naked, powerless, hopeless. Because we listen to the voice of reason. Kate Fieldworth determine your future. Um, I notice in the in the Old Testament the days are gone. Notice the fathers, the the fathers, the Old Testament Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Even God, with God. It doesn't mean when you say it one day it's going to happen. But you put out the seed. It may not change that day, but you put out the seed. When God was to bring his son to the world, from the very first day, he put out his seed. He told the devil, the seed of the woman. Remember that? It didn't happen that day. And in Isaiah, he prophesied, you see, until man on earth agrees with God, it's never done. So when God wants to do something, he uses a man to release the seed into the world. Through words from him, perfect faith. As Isaiah prophet, a virgin will prophesy. A virgin will conceive, right? That's the word of God. It was a seed put forth. But it didn't happen. 750 years later. But even then, notice how God did it. God could have made Mary pregnant, but no. He sent the angels, right? To give her words. Right? Zachariah, words, words go before transformation. And notice why God stopped Zachariah from speaking? Because he would talk himself out of the miracle. God says, you're not speaking anymore till this child is born. Because you just fill with unbelief. I'm not going to let you talk and nobody can talk to you either. He was mute. So nothing was coming in. The last word he heard was from the angel. Think about it. That's it. Words. Words. That's how God does his thing. There's a scripture that is an amazing thing, but maybe for time tonight I'll, 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 I'll stop here. But notice in the Old Testament, the fathers from Isaac, he wants to speak words. Right? Isaac wanted to bless Jacob and Esau. And he got tricked. (coughs) You know the story. Isaac got tricked. But see their faith in their words. Can you imagine? They knew they were servants of God. And they spoke the future into a child standing right there before them. 
the word was released right there. By faith in the God of Abraham. And that happened. Just by the word release. God doesn't do anything. My mind's going, think about Pharaoh. The dreams for Joseph. It has to be spoken on the earth. That's God's intent. That's what God wants to do. But it can't be done until it's spoken by a man in faith. And God used Joseph through, the, through Pharaoh to tell the world what he had determined for him. And Joseph spoke it. And it happened. Words. Let me show you this. After Isaac um, blessed uh, Jacob, he, he had a feeling something wasn't right. He said, the voice is like Jacob. But the smell and everything is Esau. And then he ate, and then he blessed him. And he blessed him with everything. And then all of a sudden, uh, Esau came back. And he had his food. And was going to get his blessing. Your words are eternal. They go forever. That's what scientists tell me. Your words keep going. And I believe that. Because God's going to judge you. The words. But notice what happened. In, in Genesis. 27 verse 33. When, when Esau started speaking to, to, to Isaac. He finally realized, I had made a mistake. I had pronounced the blessing upon the wrong person. And notice what it says. Then Isaac trembled exceedingly, just knowing he had made the mistake of speaking blessing upon Jacob when he intended to bless Esau. He shook exceedingly. He was shaking. I have made a serious mistake. Uh, uh, what we like to do is, I take back those words. It doesn't work that way. He shook exceedingly and said, Who? Where is the one who hunted game and brought it to me? I ate all. Notice what it is. I ate all of it before you came and have blessed him. And indeed, he shall be blessed. He couldn't reverse it. He couldn't reverse it. Faith-filled words. When they go forth, that's it. Everything he spoke happened to Jacob. Even the one that he didn't intend to bless. But he blessed him. It happened. Faith-filled words. When spoken, can change Thanks. Okay. I'll stop here. So stand up with me. many of us we have really hurt ourselves now it makes sense to me what Jesus what the scripture means when God says let the weak say I am strong let the weak say I am strong because we are servants of the Lord no matter what's happening, I feel weak. But God says, don't say. That's not from the enemy. You belong to the kingdom. Say what the kingdom says. Next time we come around, I'm going to be talking about what people say about you. It's there in the scriptures. They're talking about you, people. And those words matter. But they don't have to affect your life. If you know what, what to do. 
We have a God that's the living God. And he's with us here. And I believe the Ark Fellowship is blessed. I hate it when somebody speaks negative words about the Ark Fellowship. I know this is not good. Even if they think they are right. And they say, well, this is what I see. I don't care what you see. I need everyone to start saying something positive. I I made up my mind. You say a negative word about the Ark Fellowship. I'm around. If you do it in public, I'll confront you in public. You do it in secret, I'll correct you. That's the way it's going to be. We speak what is right before God. What is awesome. Okay. Would you lift your hands up to the Lord tonight and, and ask Him? I need, I need help. Let God help me to put a watch over my mouth. Scripture says, and watch over my mouth. From time to time, it slips. But we have the blood of Jesus. I'm not talking about curse words. That's a different entity completely. When you speak contrary, God put a watch over my mouth. Usually, Satan's pressure based on what's happening in your life. And God has allowed the pressure to come to you to see if you will change your confession. But it says, hold fast. To the confession of your hope without wavering. No matter what you feel, still make that good confession. He made a good confession. Jesus did. Father, we thank you tonight. Your word cannot return to you void. And here we are, God, before you. Minister to our hearts and encourage us to speak what is right before your eyes. For it is written, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable to you, O God. That's what we want. Make that word a reality for every one of us as we live our lives in Christ. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. God bless you.